The following program is presented by the Far East Broadcasting Company because stories of people living out the gospel with their lives inspire all of us. FEBC, taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. Learn more at febctoday.org. I used to view Christianity as God being a part of my story, but then God's like, no, it's not. turn that on its head. I want you to be a part of my story, is what God says. And our first-person guest is very much a part of God's story. You'll meet Michelle Qureshi, who has been a widow the past year since her young husband, Nabil, was called home to heaven. Welcome to this week's interview. I'm Wayne Shepherd. As you may recall, Nabil Qureshi was a convert from Islam who became a noted apologist for the Christian faith. But after a brief and brilliant time with us, he fell ill with stomach cancer and died very young in 2017. He and Michelle were married for nine years and have a daughter. We'll have the privilege of hearing from Michelle today as she carries on without Nabil at her side. This interview and all of our conversations are made possible by the Far East Broadcasting Company, and I hope you'll take a moment to say thanks by visiting firstpersoninterview.com and clicking on the banner for FEBC. That's firstpersoninterview.com, and you'll also find our schedule of upcoming guests at the same website. Well, please listen now as Michelle Qureshi joins us on the phone, and as we began... I asked her if it was possible to put into words what this past year has been like for her. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do my best. It's so much, it's hard to put into words. But one of the biggest things that's stuck out to me this year is the way that the body of Christ has surrounded me and my daughter Aya and even Nabil's family during this time, even remotely, even if it's not, I mean, for Aya and me, it's, it's been anything from childcare to bringing meals to praying with us, fellowshipping with us, checking in to see how we're doing. And this, this is still going on. It's, it's been a little over a year. It's still going on. And I, Never in my wildest dreams did I imagine that I would see something quite like the the outpouring that I see, mm. and it's been the, the the biggest the number one reason why I've stayed in Houston. Nabil and I moved to Houston from Oxford, England, <laughs> um, solely went solely because he got the diagnosis, solely so that he could get treatment at MD Anderson, mm-hmm. and my family is in North Carolina, my parents, and you know, the kind of default of a young widow is to go back with the parents, and my parents were all ready to take me in and make sure we were taken care of, but when they came here right after the, right after Nabil passed, right after all the um, funeral arrangements and burial, they came, and my dad, my mom stayed for two and a half weeks, my dad was here for four weeks, and they saw firsthand the kind of community that we have here in Houston. Wonderful. Then <laughs> they said, not only do we think this is absolutely the best place for you to stay, Michelle, but we need to change churches. <laughs> 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 because seeing this, seeing what you have, seeing the possibility of what church can look like 
we, we need to change churches. So they did. They went back and they actually reconnected with some people that we had been in a home, been in a homeschool group with growing up. And, um, just all, as soon as they walked in the doors, it was like, Oh, you know, how are you guys doing? We know what happened and we're praying for you. And here's some small groups you can join. And here's oh, like, it's just such a kind of a night and day from where they had been before. So kind of wild that even just spending some time with, with what God has provided here uh, was even a blessing to my parents in terms of next step in their life. Yeah. Part of Nabil's testimony was his relationship with his parents uh, coming from an Islamic background and his parents uh, were not believers. How, how has all of this, uh, watching all this, affected them? Well, Nabil's parents lived with us during his last few months of life. He was hospitalized most of that time and so they were, they, they came from their home in Maryland and stayed with us here in Houston so they could be with him every day while he was hospitalized. And then they also saw this, saw the community that I was referring to. And it, it impacted them in a, in a profound way. So in, in the Muslim mindset, especially those coming from so Nabil's parents came over from Pakistan, and in in the mindset of those coming over from from a you know Muslim country, a lot of times they'll view Christianity as uh, that that what you see in society and culture is what Christianity is, or what you see on TV, or Mm -hmm. what you see on the beaches, or what you see, and and Nabil has spoken about about this many times, and so I think within their minds, that was kind of the mindset that they had, the, the framework that they had to work with about what Christianity was, and it was so interesting for the time that they were here with us, what they saw of our community pouring into Aya, pouring into me, pouring into Nabil, and then pouring into them, especially this concept of giving without any expectation of receiving. Because again, culturally speaking, in the in the Pakistani Muslim mindset, if you receive a gift, you're already thinking, how can I reciprocate? Mm-hmm. Because that's my duty. That's my obligation. And so for them to receive way more than they could ever give back. In the beginning, they first were trying to find the ways to give back to every single person that was giving, but it, <laughs> it was so it was too much. It was overwhelming, for them huh? To ever give, <laughs> yeah, it was too much for them to ever give back. It was overwhelming, but in a good way. And now I see that their perception, they even made connections, they made friendships, they started, they were invited over to Christian's homes for meals while they were here, and that has opened up a whole new window of appreciation for Christians. Now, they're still devoted Muslims, but they are in a position of seeing Christianity more for what it truly is. Well, we continue to pray for all of you, uh, you and your little daughter, Aya, and, and Nabil's parents. Uh, we've been praying for them for a while now. We'll continue praying even more earnestly for them as they've been exposed now Thank to you. Christianity at its best. So that's a wonderful report, Michelle. How about your own soul during this year? What's What's been going on with you? 
Can I ask? Is that okay? I, I laugh because it's, <laughs> I laugh because it's a lot. <laughs> okay. Man, trying to think of the biggest thing I'm learning. You know, let me just talk about what I'm learning right now. Okay, so, sure. In the past, because yeah, it's been a one long, unending season of refinement the past 12 plus months. And one of the things I've been learning in the past eight weeks, I've been in kind of a, an emotionally dry state, so to, so to speak. Um, and, you know, sometimes where, where God will feel distant, you know in your mind that He's not distant because of what it says in the Scripture, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. I know that's true, but my heart is just not feeling Him. So one, one, a couple of things He's been teaching me in, the, in this season is, for one thing, you know, one of my excellent mentors, she, she's like, look, Michelle, that's actually giving you an opportunity to increase your faith and your trust in Him. Because yeah. if He always felt near, you wouldn't actually have the opportunity to increase in your trust of Him. And so that's one thing. Then another thing, too, is <laughs> I, never even, I never even had this in my own theology, so to speak, that I could ever even say these words, but I miss Jesus. It's kind of like the psalmist says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. Mm-hmm. And I've read that many times. I've sung the song, but I've never felt it quite like this. And it's like, if I... If I always felt him, I wouldn't have the chance to feel this desperation for him, like this longing for him. And what's what I'm I'm, I'm so encouraged by, you know, that it's been it's been an emotionally dry season, but it's full of hope. Yes, a hope that so in Romans five it talks about sufferings producing perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope, and hope does not disappoint. And so I have this, I have this incredible hope that this is just a season and that it is working together for my good, Romans 8, 28, that he works all things together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. And I know that something infinitely better awaits me on the other side of this. What is your story of coming to faith in Christ? Um, I grew up in a Christian household. So we went. We had a very solid foundation. I'm so grateful to my parents for that. It wasn't until college that I really feel like God got a hold of me. It's actually just a few months before I I met Nabil. It's kind of wild, going on my my initial kind of spiritual journey of making my faith my own. I did, you know, I grew up in a grew up in a Christian home and never never departed from the faith. I didn't have kind of one of these wild things. Well, let me try out what the world has to offer. I never really wanted to do that, but at the same time it was it was like, okay, what what does it really mean to follow Jesus? Well, how does your life look differently if that is your goal of following Jesus and giving him glory? So um it was yeah, yeah, it was I think one of the biggest impacts is actually where I'm where I met Nabil was Passion 2007, this conference for 18 to 25-year-olds put on by Louis Giglio and his team. And uh, one, of the, 
one of the things that stuck with me from that conference, you know, kind of one of these, these, I would say it was my own personal spiritual awakening, so to speak. Louis at one point was talking about being mission-minded. And I used to kind of see it as like, oh, you know, missionary, there, there's some people who are missionaries, and, and they're the real serious people. <laughs> they're the people that have these kind of radical stories that, 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 that do. Everybody else is just kind of like a Joe Schmo Christian. But he was like, no, the the whole idea of following Jesus, it means like this this whole thing of how does your life, how does your perspective look differently? I used to view Christianity as God being a part of my story, but then God's like, no, it's not, turn that on its head. I want you to be a part of my story, is what God says. And we'll continue to get to know Michelle Qureshi on today's edition of First Person. Stay with us. When I first heard the good news on the FBC's station, I tried praying to Jesus for the first time. Life is difficult, but Christ is helping me see things differently. Just one of millions of grateful people who listens to the Far East Broadcasting Company in her own language. You can sign up for a free online daily devotional from FEBC telling more listener stories while at the same time it encourages you from God's Word. Receive this online devotional without obligation when you visit firstpersoninterview.com. My guest is Michelle Qureshi. Michelle is the wife of Nabil Qureshi, now with the Lord. Uh, He had such a tremendous impact uh, through apologetics and his own testimony of coming to faith in Christ from an Islamic background and and expressing that faith so eloquently and encouraging others to consider the claims of Christ. And then the Lord took him home to heaven, which, uh, Michelle, I mean, was such a, a short life from our perspective, but such an impactful life. Nabil and I were married for nine years, met him at Passion 2007, as I previously mentioned, and we got married a year and a half later. And it's kind of wild, uh, I say nine years, and, and a lot of my peers, I'm 32, a lot of my peers are, still have, uh, you know, yet to be married or right. um, yeah. are, are just, you know, living, living a single life for um, nine years. It feels like it was a lifetime, really. <laughs> well, tell me the love story. How, I, I know you guys met at Passion, but um, so so your passion developed at Passion. I, I get that. I, I'm sure you've heard that before. <laughs> but, but tell me the, the love story part of your relationship. Uh, was it love at first sight? Uh, <laughs> it's it, oh, it's kind of funny. Um, Nabil and I were introduced through a mutual friend, so actually someone who was my classmate at the time that was his middle school and high school classmate. So we got introduced, and our, our first words to each other were, "Oh, they were oh so romantic." It was one of these things I had never met a. A Muslim or a Pakistani person actually didn't have much experience with, with a whole lot of ethnic backgrounds, actually. And so he said, hi, my name's Nabil. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and he had to repeat it three times. And then I finally said, can you spell that for me? <laughs> so that was, the, those were literally our first words to each other. And... <laughs> And the way that he would tell the story is, <laughs> he's like, I don't know what she was doing, but I was that passion to meet God. But here, <laughs> and yet, and, and I, I was actually the one who was like, 
whoa, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I noticed him first, and uh, I was especially blown away by how he would worship. Hmm. So passion is this it's this big conference. You got the top name speakers and worship leaders, contemporary Christian artists of the day, and so there's a lot of singing going on, a lot of worship songs, and he would just hands raised singing at the top of his lungs and just didn't care what he sounded like, who was there, what he looked like. He just loved Jesus. Hmm. And it was unlike anything I had seen up to that point. I mean, granted, I was just 20, but <laughs> <laughs> it, I, was, I was very, I was just amazed by, by that. And, and I'm, so maybe like not so subtly at, at the end of, it was a four-day conference, and maybe not so subtly asked, for his information first. Uh-huh. So you were the one who made, <laughs> you made the call first, huh? I did. That's okay. Did. Just, That's all right. But <laughs> I'm glad to get the inside story. I really am. It, it must have been a, a crazy life for the two of you, as brief as it was together, uh, because, um, I mean, at one point you pulled up stakes and moved to England to study at Oxford. Right. We, we moved eight times in nine years. Oh, my goodness. We moved every year, so that was partially due to my military obligation. So we, we got married right after I graduated from the Coast Guard Academy. Then I had five years of obligated service, and that was right around the same time as he was starting his ministry. And uh, But at the same time, well, I'll, I'll say starting his ministry, yes, but mostly doing his schooling mm-hmm. in preparation for his ministry, but he was also always doing, he was always doing at least three to five major things at the same time. Yeah, well, his, his, his <laughs> mind, uh, it, he was gifted with an incredible brain. There's no question about it. M- Michelle, I've heard you speak about the fact that uh, this year, as difficult as it's been, has been, um, in, in other ways, an interesting year for you in the sense that you suddenly you find that you have a, an identity to discover about yourself. That's right. And definitely an ongoing process. So I went from my parents' household to a military academy to marriage to now single motherhood and widowhood. I have never before been a single adult, so to speak, in my like living on my own and having time to even explore, God, what how have you made me? What are my passions? What are my interests? What are, is my purpose in your plan? What is my part in your story? And for nine years, it was being with Nabil and lifting up his message. And, and I still definitely am doing that today, but I know that it's not the primary calling of my life. And I just, I'm still discovering what that is. You mentioned carrying on after Nabil's uh, departure for heaven. Um, I follow your Twitter account and or Nabil's Twitter account, which you are maintaining. I understand, or or have I don't know if you have help with that or not. But is that a burden at all for you? It is not a burden. I am grateful to say because of the partnerships, the incredible partnerships that God's put in my life. So it was within just a couple months of Nabil passing that I, as a part of being the executor of his estate and 
in charge of all his intellectual property and everything that I got connected with the Zondervan publishers and started talking with them. And they had some ideas that they didn't push anything on me. They said, we want you to do whatever is best for you. But I, I really felt the Lord strengthening me to work with them in continuing to disseminate and even update Nabil's materials. So it's a partnership. It's a, it's a, it's teamwork. There's no way, <laughs> no way I would have been able to do all of that by myself. Yeah. And they're coming up with the, the ideas and they were saying all in their own terms, working with Nabil was a highlight of their career. That and they have just taken that love and respect for him and transferred it over to me. Oh, what a great report. I, I love to hear that. Uh, and I should mention that Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus, there has been a new edition release. That was Nabil's, uh, I think it was his first book, right? That's right. Yeah, his first book that impacted all of us so deeply. And a new edition is out, and you have a, a part in that book along with some others. So thanks for uh, making that available. And we'll put information about that on our website, of course, for this program. Michelle, is there a, I know there's a lot to choose from, but is there a particular verse of Scripture or passage that you don't have to quote it, but just has meant a lot to you during this year? It's been different ones at different times. That's that's how God's Word mm-hmm. works, isn't it? it? It meets us where we are at the moment, so I understand that. Exactly. You know, I'll mention what has been huge for me in the past just two days, actually, and it might sound a little weird for it to be uh, meaningful, but you know some of the, the the psalms will kind of start out with this. Well, Psalm thirteen is the one I was referring to. So Psalm thirteen starts out with this: How long, O Lord, will you hide your face from me? How long will must I wrestle with day to day with sorrow in my heart? And and I'm butchering the words a little bit, but Psalm thirteen. But it's it's meeting a person right where they are, anyone who's in just a time of emotional turmoil and and where I am just currently in this season of emotional dryness. It's just kind of sometimes my heart's just saying, how long, oh Lord, it will not, you know, not experiencing you, not encountering you. But the way it ends is, but I will trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, for He has been good to me. And so it starts out with this knowledge of, okay, this is where I am, but God has been faithful, and He will be faithful. He doesn't change. That's Michelle Koreshi expressing the confidence we all can have in our faithful God despite the trials and disappointments of life. As we discuss, Michelle, with help from others, is maintaining her husband Nabil's ministry in several ways. There's a new edition of Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus available with Michelle's thoughts added, and his Twitter account is still active, sharing Christ with the world. We'll put links to all of this at firstpersoninterview.com. A special word of thanks to the Far East Broadcasting Company for making First Person possible on this station. FEBC is an amazingly effective ministry in presenting Christ to the world through radio and other forms of new media. Please learn more at firstpersoninterview.com where you can click on the banner for the Far East Broadcasting Company. And our Facebook page is facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for listening to First Person. First Person.